Hello and welcome back to Open Minds with 16. On today's podcast, my brother Araf will be hosting while we continue part two of talking about death anniversaries. We hope you enjoy. Hi guys, good evening. Um, Welcome to another podcast with Open Minds with 16. Um, It's a bit different today. Um, My name is Araf. Um, Some of you might know me. I'm um, Khalida's older brother. Um, We've done a podcast, the first podcast. Um, And yeah, I thought we'll change it up a bit today. Um, So I've got none other than Khalida as well with me. (laughs) Would you like to say hello? Hello, everyone. (laughs) If only they knew how nervous you were. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I'm one of Khalida's strongest critics, but I give back uh, constructive feedback. And um, it's only when you're in the driving seat you actually know how difficult it is to do this. So my mouth is really dry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's... I said Bismillah before we joined, so God is with me, inshallah. So... Um, we go back to uh, the topic, obviously, uh, for those that are listening in to this podcast, uh, it's a follow-up to <clears throat> the f- uh, part, w- part one, which was about um, anniversary um, of, um, of a death, um, of a lost one as such, more so with us um, a couple of days ago, um, a year unfolded uh, a year it's been a year since our dad passed away and um obviously Khalida just I listened to your podcast and I found it yeah very opening like um hats off to you firstly um uh, for opening up because talking to yourself <laughs> I I actually hate leaving voicemails and yeah you know, no I like... did I didn't listen over listen over to it because I just find it cringe you sound so different yeah, I think not just that, I'm trying to imply on the fact that, you know, your message was for the other siblings and I being one of them, um, I found uh, solace in terms of what you um, oh, nice. said, as uh, actually, so it's quite nice and I'm sure others... Um, Thanks for of... telling me now instead of on the day. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Better late uh, than never, hey? Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, um, so on top of that, it's just, it'll be nice to, you know, get a bit more um, detail around, like, this whole uh, anniversary. Let's just call it that. Not that we're celebrating it or anything, but yeah. it's a milestone and just yeah. wanted to, like, gauge with you. Like, so... I guess I wanted to ask you, like, obviously since Dad passed away in March of 2020, um, obviously different people bereave in different ways mm-hmm. as such. But when, if you could put a time frame on it, when did you think, like, when did you feel some sense of normality um, rather than being in that mode of bereavement? Um, does that make sense, my question? Yeah. Whatever? What, in the past year? Yeah, so after Dad. So Dad passed away in March 2020. Um, so how long was your bereavement? Not saying you've put a cap yeah. on it and it's gone. I'm just saying in general, just 
just wanted to hear yeah. what how you dealt over the last year really I think that's actually a really good question I'm Thank not even you. gonna lie because I feel like that is such a um it's one of those questions that that is asked a lot in regards mm. to people that are grieving like when will you feel better when when will it be okay and how did you get over it but I feel like for me I wouldn't say normality but I put it in my mind that I can't I don't know I kind of shoved the whole losing dad to one side in a sense Mm. where I tried to believe that it wasn't real which Mm -hmm. sounds really bizarre but because of lockdown and just he was in hospital it just I don't know I I normalized the fact that he wasn't there and in a sense meaning he was elsewhere but really truly he he was gone like he passed away but I don't know I found myself getting into that mindset almost instantly like even while he was in hospital yeah like not actually processing like he's dying he's gonna die mm-hmm. he died and now we've not got him and I feel, feel even to this day like I may sound like all together where I know exactly what has happened like I it's not saying that I'm I've lost the plot like I don't know what's going on around me like I know he's gone but for me I don't think there's ever been a day where I've felt normal in the sense uh-huh. where like it's it's easy to say like oh there's never been a day like I'm sure you've had one day where you're all right yeah. meaning is in like I don't think I've ever felt normal to know what normal feels like does that make sense yeah it does yeah I yeah get and I just feel like even like obviously when I moved out of dad's what two three years ago um I never used to really see him when I used to go over pop over like I used to see um Sophia that my nieces and stuff but I like dad would always be in his room or somewhere busy or preoccupied doing something so I kind of shout from the stairs I'm going and then um if he was there he'd pop his head in or if he wasn't like out and about Mm -hmm. so I just found that that was a norm for me not really seeing him just thinking he's there like the presence and I just I don't know I just made myself believe that that was still the case even to this day, like when I go to dad's house, I feel really weird, like as in in the sense where I just think he's still there. Would you would you say then um, somehow you've managed to, you know, section that emotion in your head that it's always there, but you ha- just have to get on with things yeah. in life? I think I think do you know what it is like, I feel like that is exactly what I'm doing. And at the same mm. time, I feel like that's the best thing for me. Mm-hmm. even though I don't think necessarily it is because um, you often find yourself when you do almost bottle it up or, or you section that part of grief away from your normal life, you mm-hmm. find days where it, it's unbearable. Like you'll have nights, like for me personally, like I'm not going to lie and say, oh yeah, I'll, I'll put it to a side, I'm fine. I have nights where I literally can't sleep because I just have his images passing through my head or just really really sad thoughts that just okay so on that note yeah not to like you know deep dive into it and put you in an uncomfortable position Mm. I mean it's up to you if you want to so talk to me about one of those nights and like how does it start like when Um, everyone's asleep or for me generally I find um these kind of um not negative but like moments where I feel a really huge impact of grief is um, generally at night and I think more so because everything kind of slows down and your mind Mm. starts 
racing more if that mm-hmm. makes sense because yeah. i think everything comes to a standstill like you're it's time for bed really and that's when your body's meant to yeah. shut off but i feel like they those the times of the day for me are at night where i can i, I find myself overthinking a lot mm-hmm. and i don't know whether that's just a natural thing and yeah. um for example like recently with with dad i can only um it's best i give him the most recent one um with that I found myself at least a week or two I'd say a week I was anticipating that day for what reason I don't know because mm-hmm. it's the same day as any other day but like how I mentioned in the third po- first podcast the part part one it's like you know that on that day they actually went if that makes sense yeah. so it has those like moments in the day like I don't know about you but I waited till nine twenty-two, and it's not that I was like bawling my eyes out or anything, but mm-hmm. it really hit me just to think like, oh my God, like look how I was then to how I am now. Yeah. And it's just natural. Obviously you, you go past that, but um, like I was saying in the last week, I found myself quite often like at night, um, just, I don't know whether it was myself making myself feel like I should be sad, mm-hmm. but I would find myself like just thinking about like how, much I've lost in the sense we're not just just dad but like in terms of mum as well it's like Mm -hmm. you almost put all of those negative things in one big like puddle of um and it turns into a big puddle of grief like almost just kind of drowning yourself in it for Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say no apparent reason but it's because you section your mind off and then you let it build up to a point where it's like you feel like you're drowning because it's all coming out in the wrong way at the wrong time and I like, think... for example, like that, like it, I found myself, I was, um, I started, I, tr- I triggered myself because I started feeling low and then I opened my camera album and then I scrolled back to March mm-hmm. and then I looked through the progression of, because me, me and dad um, went for that dinner outing before he fell ill a week yeah. before. So I had pictures of that. So I was like, just leading up to it. Like I'm literally watching like a, almost like it was in chronological order, like all of the Mm -hmm. events, like I was just watching it like unfold album. And I think that just drove me to just breaking down. And that's all you do is like, I don't know for me is I just cry. And then I feel like after a cry, I'm, I'm, I'll go sleep and I'll wake up like a normal day. So in, in, in regards to um, that, that, specific type of emotion obviously it's sad you're Mm. missing his presence and not just him it's reignited the absence of mum as well as such and it's like double whammy Mm. kind of hitting you in the face I mean what I'm trying to ask is what is it other is it just that the presence isn't there is there something more like do you feel that you know of course yeah 100% I don't even think it's not even about um for me it's not even about presence it's more so like the more bigger picture of like them not being there like there is yes an element of presence that you do miss but for me personally I don't know whether it's my age or the setting I'm in I just feel like I feel that like a huge impact of not having parents and for examples like I'm married I have a child and it's like I'll see 
my child see his grandparents yeah. from his dad's side. But then mm. I have, like, I feel like that loss, like, he can never call my dad or call my mum. And that, I don't know mm. whether it's envy, like, or sadness or whatever it is, but it's not, like, obviously a fault. But, like, the fact that my husband is, like, blessed enough to have yeah. both his parents alive still. But it's, like, it, it draws me to, like, think, of course. what a loss. Like, and then also, like, things like... um. I don't know, like family functions, like at weddings and, you know, birthdays or like um, festivities yeah. like Eid and just like even like upcoming uh, Ramadan, like fasting, the month of fasting. It's like dad would, I 100% would know that he would be around for at mm-hmm. least one iftar, like one breaking of the fast. And even like little things like that, like just not have knowing that he's going to be there or mum not being there. It's like it almost feels like I mentioned look you feel lost like you really don't I, I don't know whether that's the case with you but there's times where I just think like I don't feel like I have a place even though I have my own family yeah it does that makes yeah. sense like you just don't know who to fall back on even though you've got your siblings and the day your siblings have their own lives but the difference between having parents is you are their life so in a sense losing your parents is like everyone else has got their own children their own work life their own social life so they're not always going to be there 100 percent. it does if that makes yeah. sense and i guess so yeah i think there's a greater loss than just presence it's more so like just these little other things that contribute and, uh, like you know when you have these kind of down moments as such how yeah how often are they like how like are they could I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't even vary that because I feel like it can be so spontaneous um or like really minute things could trigger me like I don't know about how other people deal with it but for me I'm quite I wouldn't say emotionally unstable but I'm very emotionally driven and um little things can make me feel really really sad for example like um I don't know like my mother-in-law for example, mentioned a couple of days ago, like a week ago, that um she was cooking something. She was like, oh my God, mm. your dad would have loved this. And that just drove me to a point of like mm. breaking down because I just thought like inside, I was like, for her, it might have thought like a, a harmless comment, meaning like she, she was just showing a little bit of like memories yeah. for herself as well. Like she was showing a bit of love in that sense. And for me, I found that like a little trigger to make me feel really low because I'm just like, well, he's not here, so he can't. So there's nothing we can do about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I, I think I with me, like little things I could, it could process in my mind yeah. in a different manner. And I think it, that's just the nature of grief. Sometimes you could take it as, oh, that's such a nice memory or oh, that's such a nice thought. But then sometimes you it could drive you to feel like... So would you... There's nothing I can do to bring would him back. Would you say so predominantly it, it, when his he like you know dad's mentioned in other words like this example you've given it yeah. was um, yeah uh, just a um, a thought that your mother-in-law had because of old times as such would would yeah 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 I feel like that's generally I feel like those things when when like there's any mention of mum or dad um, from other people other than at first when I when we lost mum and dad. I found that quite difficult to to take in terms of siblings saying it. Mm, like, oh, I remember mm, when mum used to do mm. that. I remember when dad used to do that. I don't know um, 
how you processed it processed it but when mum um passed away that was this, I would literally walk out yeah. of the room or I'd move my mind away from it because I found that very triggering to make me feel angry that yeah. kind of anger side of grief where I was just like oh whoa she's not here so why are we yeah. still talking about them and um for now like obviously now like I feel like life experiences going through losing mum and now losing dad for me it's still the same like I find like rather than siblings now it's more so when anyone not it's not just my mother-in-law like even I don't know when my sister-in-laws or when the neighbors that I've met dad like mention it it just like it's not like a bad thing that they're saying at so all that, if anything that's what I'm trying to ask things. is why is it it's always like saddens you as I don't opposed know. to so you know being having a positive impact on you how do you think you could perhaps you know think before we process that emotion rather than just not for me yeah like how i said yeah with that i think it it definitely yeah. takes time to adapt to that because i was the same with um when we lost mom like i remember for a really long time i really struggled to hear her name in any sort of like conversation and then over obviously over time you get used to your mind allowing that to be the case that okay she's gone but yeah. you still cherish those memories and even though i'm saying it now i don't know why when those situations turn up now i really struggle with it and as much as i like i don't like i try to not let myself get as far as mm-hmm. getting upset about it there are those few occasions where it does and I don't know why I don't know why it drives me instead of going the opposite manner in like oh like people are remembering him like that's such a nice thing even though I know that yeah, I you know what I mean it's, just, it's a weird I don't, thing I don't, I don't, I don't know call why. it weird I wouldn't even look at it as a, a negative thing as such it, in fact it's yeah. um, like showcasing or embossing how much of you know your parents meant to you as such and you're finding it yeah. hard to not let it go as such but just you know be okay with even other people complimenting your parents so it's okay um to be like that as such and you know like don't think i guess what i'm trying to say is don't think you have to find a remedy towards that i mean if it was a case that is affecting your day-to-day life um then that's something Yeah, no, no. I I feel like with me, I can differentiate. Like you, in the sense where you know how you said, like mm. you make a partition of accepting that this has happened and you got to move on. Like I feel like in my day to day life, that is what I do. But in my own space, like don't get me wrong, it's when people do mention him in my presence and you know memories and stuff, it's not that I'm getting mm-hmm. upset in front of them. It's more so when I finish my sure. day and I reflect it draws me to to think about all of these things and I guess go down like a spiraling yeah motion I don't know I just think maybe this is the way I process it myself personally I don't know where whether anyone else um, I, I mean I, I does that. rather than I can tell you like I myself in regards to I'll quickly say with when we lost mom um it was mm. just a new thing to me the process like in like just like I, I don't know if you recall when you said it with dad um it's time I just processed it someone had to do it and someone had to call those mm-hmm. tough decisions and I, I just happened to do it as such and I rephrase um reiterate what I said before was it wasn't a case of 
that I had like you know knowledge or courage or whatnot I see it as I was there for a reason Allah put me in that position to be a blessing for us in general because you need someone like mm-hmm. that as such in coming back to mum's time um the moment it hit me was um the day after so we buried her we came back and it was nothing it was like it didn't hit me but I remember just going in her room and just lying down and like you know I remember before she went into hospital for the final time she shook so violently like because you know with um I'm sure you know because (laughs) you're a nurse um but you know her (laughs) her immune system was so weak and I remember this was like three days four days before she got admitted again uh, a week before she passed away in hospital or such um she shook so violent even though it was a summer because she passed away around september wasn't it it was like a summer kind of vibe yeah so it wasn't cold or anything and i remember she shook because she was so cold but we were fine we were in, well i was in a t-shirt and i remember she was violently shaking and i saw like her teeth were about to come out that's how you know she was cold so yeah like I just wanted to like that that is so vivid in my mind even to this day and the the following day after we buried us um I went and lied in her in her bed and in exactly and I tried to you know place myself like from my point of view how she was looking at me when she was shivering and that's when it hit me like really hard and that was the first time ever, mm-hmm. like, I cried, like, quite, like, quite aloud. Like, you know, like, I'm quite... I, yeah, like, yeah, you kind of openly... I just, I, I couldn't, like, contain myself. Like, like it got to the point where, like... I don't think I've ever, mm. like, that's the weird thing. Like, I don't know why... Not that it's not normalised, but I feel like I've never wailed out loud see i don't i don't think it's again like i get what you're saying it's just a reflection but and i don't know whether that's like a obviously there's no no normal way to grieve and i think that's something we should really highlight is there's no real time frame on grief and whether any year will get easier like you're you god only knows what kind of obstacles you have within each year we might have a worse next year god forbid Mm. than we had this year but i feel like in general there's so many ways that you mm. could grieve for someone or something. And it, it's just like, you could grieve for, like for me, there's t- certain times that I grieve for certain things dad did. Like I yeah. miss it. Like it, it, it's as if I've lost that. Like, obviously I have, but it's as if that is just as mm-hmm. much of a great loss. Like those little gifts that I still, I, he used to <laughs> hoard a lot, right? So he used to get God knows what, and he used to actually play like legit money. Yeah. Right? And um, I know plenty of us, even those siblings that are listening and tuning in, and I'm sure people who have parents who go out and buy you stuff that you really don't need or you it's just you think it's not even worth the money. I'm sure there's been occasions like how we did where we would tell dad, like, <laughs> just give me the money. Like, <laughs> if you want to spend money, just give it to me. Don't waste your time going and buying these I things. Wasn't, I wasn't and at that time, to say it. I would just quietly accept Yeah, it. no, I used to always... <laughs> yeah. No, but I used to joke with him and say it. I never used to say it, like, in a rude manner. 
Um, but he used to always say, like, when I'm gone, yeah. you'll yeah. miss it. Yeah. You won't yeah. get, no yeah. one will be giving you anything. Of course. And it's so true because, like, I, when I go over, like, when I used to go over to dad's house, even my mother-in-law can vouch for it. It's like, she was like, yeah. your dad would yeah. give you something every time without fail for me and for my kids as well. And, like, he used to go as far as giving, like, toys to mm. my sister-in-law's kids. And I used to find that really, like, confusing and, like, embarrassing. I don't know why. And then I used to go to my sister-in-law, like, yeah. my dad gave this to you. Please don't mind. Um, he just, he just, you know, said to give it to you. And they used to yeah. get really touched by it. And then I used to of think, course, why yeah. am I not processing this? And I don't know if it's, like natural in the sense where that's your dad in it it's just those mm. embarrassing things that he'll do but like how i was saying before it's like you tell them like joke around with them saying you know give me the money and don't worry about buying me stuff but these are the things you miss like i have his um okay. his watch for uh he was in a and e and um when when i so basically when he got um like, like how we mentioned mm. before i don't want to go too much into detail and take too much time but um briefly like how um i mentioned before um in the first ever podcast was that um i was the one that went with dad along with my sister to um admit dad into hospital so we were on the ambulance ride and then um i remember in a&e when he was on the trolley he's super impatient he was a super <laughs> impatient person yet he was very mm. patient in other ways um, but when it came to hospitals, he hated it. And doctors, he thought like, you know, they're supposed to come to you at that set given time. You know, they don't have any mm. other patients but him. And because um, I used to work at that hospital in particular, he thought I had some sort of gold card to just get him seen more <laughs> quicker. I don't know. Um, and I remember like um, he finally got a little bit more comfortable in the A&E cubicle and you know how yeah. cold they are it's really impossible and I still have that picture of him wrapped up in blankets like literally oh. head to toe like top to tail and um before I wrapped him up he had his watch on his wrist and he took it off and he said here keep it and then I remember putting it around my wrist and he was like don't put it around your wrist you're gonna lose it and then yeah. I'm not gonna have a watch and then he was like put it in your bag and it's so crazy to think that we went through that whole process of yeah watching him deteriorate over that those periods of days and that watch mm. was in my bag the whole time thinking that I'm supposed to be giving it back to him and then like obviously after I remember like mentioning that I had his watch and just in case anyone I don't know yeah, anyone yeah, wanted yeah. it as keepsake um even though I wasn't <laughs> willing to let it go um uh, I remember um just taking it out of my bag and it mm. felt weird like and then it's like, you know, you see, these are the little things like his watch, he would wear on his wrist to a point where he had a tan line, yeah, like a yeah. tan mark throughout the whole year. See, he had a, a tan mark of his watch throughout every single month because he used to wear it religiously. And I placed it into my, um, where I keep my jewellery, I've left it there. And I always find myself opening up just to no, look at it. Okay. I don't take it out. I don't hold it. I just open the drawer and I look at it. And I think it just reminds me of like, oh my God, he's he's actually not here. And then I and I shot it. And then I I usually like find myself then looking at pictures and zooming into each oh, picture to see the watch on. on his hand. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird, but like I feel like these are the things that really drive you to a point of like it can drive you mm. to a point of insanity because 
of how crazy you're, you're not crazy but how much you're craving that yeah. person that you're digging as deep as zooming into pictures and you know trying to keep some sort of memory of him alive which sounds once again bizarre to anyone that hasn't lost anyone but i'm pretty sure I, those that have I, lost I think also someone to could like really... mention as well like how do you know Kota? like 26 sorry to put you on the spot wow you gave me a whole two years oh, you... younger that shows how many birthdays uh, we're one of 16 for. but anyway anyways yeah, uh, i'm looking forward me? to this um, year's gift i'm 28 <laughs> wait a minute if i'm 36 <laughs> and you're 28 you're not so young in my head why am i thinking you're some little kid compared to me? Uh, because everyone think even kibria like imagine the youngest of of the of, of the siblings that i have some sort of authority over because i am older than him that's the only person I'm older. He has managed to manipulate the system and make people believe that I am younger than him. He still messages me, happy birthday, little sis. And I'm like, <laughs> I've kind of accepted it myself. But I think because I'm one of the youngest, I guess the youngest girl is naturally just think I'm like yeah, a kid. Yeah, you can say that again. But no, uh, coming back to what I was trying to say was, I think it's quite important to highlight like 28 yeah uh, like you're 28 not many people have lost both their parents at that age and that in itself I mean you talk about grief as such you're in your position you're one young well you're not young but young in kind of like number wise Um, however you are still kind of you know going into life experiences as such yeah, I I don't know. But, I feel like and, I agree no, and I disagree. Me, and then and you're going into your life experiences um, at the moment as such. And in these kind of life experiences, guidance is key. Mm. And a lot of people of make it or don't make it based on the guidance of their parents. Hence mm. why as Muslims, like we strongly abide by that like respect factor for our parents. So mm. what I'm trying to get to is, would you you've touched upon it like the fact that your son Isa will n- mm-hmm. never be able to call Nana if that is right it's my daughter that calls Nana isn't it I got it wrong last time right yeah, yeah. so Nana yeah, granddad, meaning yeah. granddad yeah is there any like is there any other things that you think that you know you know you feel sorry that of course that what that I think like I uh, yeah. ahead of time hundred percent like for example um i think for me now predominantly it's more so um based around my child or my children Mm -hmm. in that sense because that's the only thing i have like i feel like i was lucky enough and blessed enough for dad to be alive for my wedding and i think if he hadn't been present for that would have been probably a whole different ball game because then when you get married it's all those different kind of milestones and i think definitely throughout marriage it's like for example how I mentioned like little things like being present at family gatherings where there's in-laws like there's no one to support me not support me but to be yeah, present to be in to your stand yeah as part yeah. of my family yeah although I have well, like siblings and stuff like yeah. you guys it's not yeah it's not the same it's just that mature generation and dad yeah. had quite a presence 
where it's like I was proud of that in the sense like having him like as much as you'd bite your tongue so many times with the kind of absurd things you would say in functions he'd get away with it and it's those things that I do miss and then obviously like um for my own son like just like his birthday his first first birthday Mm. was really hard because I I knew that that was something that I'm sure dad would probably cuss me about to this day but he would have turned up one way or another um and then it's just Mm. milestones after that like if Isa is is, um like god blesses him with a long life it's that stuff like if he was to get married or if he was to pass his go go first day in school you know gcses a levels and i'm sure like hopefully in time when we do more podcasts mm-hmm. like to get nieces and nephews and people that are yeah. more youngsters that have lost people i'm sure you can go more in depth in terms of like milestones um i'm hoping to do that in future but yeah for now i feel like for me it's more so my mm-hmm. child's milestones that i miss out on and and things that i really wish i could have and would you what 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 makes you just get up the next day and not curb in what 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 what? you know what i'm not even gonna say um there's so many things but ultimately like how i mentioned in the first part is it's my faith it's religion and belief in god and belief in that those struggles that I'm facing are given to me because I can handle them. And I don't know why, but that gives me some sort of comfort to know that it, it's a struggle, but it's, it's, it's temporary. It's like as much, and it is true though, because really and truly with grief, as much as you can feel sad, you will have mm-hmm. moments in your day where you will feel some sort of normality, whether it's you yeah. making yourself believe it. And for me, waking up every morning, I have no reason not to of because course. God's blessed me to wake up again. And I'm sure there's so many people out there. And I mentioned it in the beginning, like there were plenty of times where I felt like lack of mm. anything, like lack of motivation to even just get mm. up and brush my hair or brush my teeth. And it sounds really like disgusting, but in the sense where it's just, you feel like there's no motive and you don't have any, even though it's your parents, I don't know. I just felt like it It can contribute to putting a halt on your mm-hmm. life if you let it. But the moment you do that, you'll find it kind of taking over. And there's a lot of people that I know and a lot of people that I've come across in my nursing career where they have like really bad triggers from mental health because yeah. of yeah. grief and loss and it's sad to see that because a lot of people when I whenever I talk even like when I spoke about um dad to my neighbors like they obviously were curious and I I I mean I'm I didn't feel uncomfortable talking about it but when they saw me kind of relay the stories and stuff they would like I I don't think I've come across any one person that hasn't said oh Mm. you're so strong Mm. how do you do it like you look you you are such a strong person and I feel like that is one phrase that if I could erase I would because it just almost makes you believe like why am I doing that well to Mm. mask my emotions and like how I mentioned in the first part is when you look brave and strong people naturally believe wouldn't you then take positive vibes the fact that or whilst you may be thinking you're masking it, 
but you're actually doing very well in comparison to perhaps that person who made that comment or you you know you you know you you're brave you're confident sometimes i believe yeah that people that listen in to you or try to support you with grief they have nothing else to say in the sense where they have no i think sometimes they're in positions like for example my own like really close friend she even admitted it to me. Like, it's come to a point where I think we both understand each other. And when I lost dad, it's like, she would always comfort me with mum. And she would always to say, like, I don't yeah. have any words to comfort you because yeah. I know yeah. you're feeling the way you're feeling. I know you're strong and I know you don't like hearing it. But to me, you need to know that. And I, I get, like, you know, people say that to you in words of comfort. And mm. I get where you're coming from. Like, maybe I am. But as much as that is an element of strength to be able to talk about something um, that is obviously deeply painful and um, yeah. very uncomfortable to talk about for others. I don't believe that the strength that I'm showing is necessarily yeah. how I feel inside. That's, yeah. So in a sense, I'm, I'm masking my strength, meaning I'm also kind of making people believe that I'm okay to do it. I, I, I don't I know. I don't know how to describe I think what, like in, in summary, it's like different thresholds to different people as such yeah of course like yeah, how people yeah, have different yeah. pain thresholds it's the yeah. same thing it's just pain in a different manner and i feel like definitely working as a nurse and dealing with loss and grief i was lucky yeah. it sounds mad to say i'm lucky enough, but i really do believe that that was a blessing to um deal yeah. with death and dying and you know over the years to see where i've come yeah definitely i feel like i've I've moved mountains in terms of like emotionally. Um, I wouldn't say that I've detached myself from feeling anything, but I've definitely strengthened mm-hmm. the barriers in allowing myself to spiral out of control as to maybe why I would have been when a couple of years ago with mum, where I just couldn't let let anyone help me and I couldn't manage dealing with my loss. It does, yeah. If that makes sense. So, yeah, I feel like, yeah, definitely you can draw positive out. But I don't know. I think maybe because it's just so soon that I'm just naturally not drawing any, like, limited positives. And I'm just conscious we're nearing to the end of the show as such. I just got kind of like a difficult question. But at the same time, if you don't want to answer it, it's totally understandable. You know me, I always like a challenge. with mum, if you, and this ain't like, like, obviously on a religious standpoint, it's not possible on a legal, logical standpoint. It's Mm -hmm. it's more about talking uh, to get you to open up. If you were to able to send a message to her as such, what would you say? It's mad, you know, because I've actually written Just so what, many. give me one that is profound, like one message um, that you wanted to get. That, okay, so there was one thing and I mentioned it just recently to myself on my prayer map, which yeah. makes, makes it sound really crazy. But there was one thing that mum said when she was really ill and she was on her bed and she was in her bedroom and she stood, the only thing before leading up, right, yeah, she used to be yeah. in the bed a lot. And... um being youngsters we never really understood what was fully going on so I would only just see like her getting medication she's just kind of bed bound in a sense and Mm -hmm. I'll see her occasionally get up and then there was that one time and it was a summer like evening Mm -hmm. and it was still bright 
but the son was saying and I remember she was saying like I want you she said it directly I don't know who else was there but it'll be interesting to see who messages after the podcast but um other people were there I think it was like one or two other people in the room and I remember it so clearly she said I want you I can't wait till you do that with your life basically she said um I hope that you basically are in your own <laughs> office. She said, you need to be in your own office and you need to be working and you need to be like, you'll be like proper respected. And she said this, yeah. like, I don't know how to yeah. say it in English, but in Bengali, she basically said in a nutshell that she hopes for me Success. to be in yeah. a stable job, in an office. She said precisely uh-huh. my own office. And... um she said wearing a yeah. headscarf, like basically, obviously yeah. practicing religion. And um, only until the other day, I actually stopped myself. And I was like, hang on, I'm working in an <laughs> office. And so far, God willingly, I'm practicing my religion. And I, if, if there, like you said, if there was one message that I could send her, as many as I could, as many, as much, as many things as I could write in that, I think would be endless <laughs> for anyone. Um, but I that would definitely be on the top of the list. So I'd say, hey, Amma, I'm in an office. I've got my scarf on and I'm doing well. And um, I think it would might be mad for her to know that I've actually got <laughs> oh, a kid yeah, I'm and sure I'm married. Sure. And I'm giving love to my mother and father-in-law more than I would give to both of them. Because she said that as well, madly enough, on her deathbed, wow. directed to me. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but she did say, I don't know if you remember that, if I like when she yeah. did her last kind of talk with us, she said, and the, the weirdest thing is, is the recording that mm. has been kept was broken, but just oh, caught wow. my bit. So she called my name and I found that really heartbreaking <sighs> hearing after years because you barely yeah. recognize their voice because you haven't heard it for so long. And she said my name and then she said, like, make sure when you get and imagine mm. I'm 12. <laughs> what am I to know? So make sure when you get married that you give your mother wow. and father-in-law more love than you give to me and wow. your dad. So I definitely say those two things. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I'll just quickly. You know, there's not um, really much you could. Just on a positive, like I'd like to answer that if I can. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll allow me. What? Wait, 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 wait! This is my no, no. Like, my like I, I asked that knowing that I want to answer it. Well, as long as you don't ramble, because I need to touch upon what I first caught the podcast. I need to apologize to everyone while we're both on this. Uh, it was going also well and professional until you. Um, okay, go for it. So what would you? I would what say, would you tell? In a well, joking way, like uh, like a kid, um, holding back his laugh. I'm sorry, like the. the <laughs> Because uh, um, why there was a guy in Finsbury Park, our old house, family house. There was a guy taking like it was like I think a druggy or a tramp. Um, he was taking a leak yeah. at the back go- back door, and um, mom didn't know English, and she's getting us to um, tell the neighbor or the caretaker of the hotel that was opposite us that someone's doing a wee in our rear garden as such and we were nervous we're not gonna do it and like I remember she some like she was saying go and say it go and say and then we're not doing it because one like it's embarrassing like 
you know, telling someone, oh, someone's taking a leak, can you sort it out? It was more to get, like, um, like aid and support from that, like a man, man figure, because we were quite young back then. Anyway, cut a long story short, she went, and I kid you not, she said, Regario, that's the name of the caretaker that worked at the hotel um, opposite, and it was quite helpful towards mm-hmm. the man, Wee Wee, in the garage. <laughs> Of all the I things you could say that, on a live that, public platform, no, that the story. reason why I say that is obviously you have to be there in that minute. But hats off to that. Hats off to yeah, mom. Yeah, no, like, I, to, think, I can imagine how funny to, it was to bring out to that. Bring out the <laughs> we started. We just fell on the floor. I remember me, Shai, China. You were probably there as well, and Bushafa was there. All my siblings and well, the youngsters. Anyway, we just fell on the floor, started laughing, and literally after that, we just got slapped up. So I just wanted, if I could back and say sorry. You listen. We did not have any sort of child abuse. <laughs> no offense to anybody that has taken to that story alone that he's said, because he generally rambles and doesn't really think uh, on the before he speaks. Um, anyway. Yeah, but you've you mentioned a lot of like extreme stuff in that <laughs> that little memory. So yeah, I definitely <laughs> say sorry to mom and everyone else. <laughs> and not to. Ask the same question for dad. What would you say if you had the opportunity? Oh, I don't know. I just feel like... I, I think I would say I'm sorry in an apologetic manner because I did so much mm-hmm. to you, I'm sure, to cause him distress. Yeah, I, I think it's worth not... I, I mean, I'm not saying it now to kind of, you know, not say the truth as such i think you caused him stress because of the fact that you had the choice of um yeah i think a lack of yeah you can add that to the mix as well as i mean you were a kid then you know what i mean like who doesn't as such but then i feel like in in a sense as much as you're a kid you're old enough to make decisions of your own and i'm pretty sure a lot of people can, can relate, but for me personally, I I would be a I, I would apologize because I don't think I had enough. I wouldn't say, I don't know, I I didn't have enough courage to tell sure, him on, sure. on his deathbed or yeah. leading up to it. Most people I remember saying were well, like, mm, "Please mm. forgive me" or whatever, but I think it was more so. I don't know. Call it embarrassment. Yeah, I get. I I get what you're saying. And rather than deep diving into it, I mean, it's not what is the obvious as such. I, I, what, I, that's what I'm trying to say. Those that are listening, it's yeah. not that case of like grief that you know you murdered someone or something like that along those lines. It wasn't that kind yeah, of a yeah, truth. Yeah. More so just keeping him on his toes unnecessarily at times, perhaps compared to your elder siblings as such, in terms of like you know how they were, but yeah. Yeah, probably, but I know she secretly <laughs> liked it. That's, anyway. So, because I I know, I'm just glad that I had the opportunity mm. at least a year or two to try yeah. and compensate. But yeah, I, I think there's, with dad, as much as, I think it's it's natural with grief yeah. as well. Like, you have a lot of regret, which I, I, I still have with mum, but. I think more so with dad because you're yeah, more yeah, at a mature sure. age where you're able to understand your actions and you only realise until they're I think, gone, which I think with dad, ironic, it was your mom sense, and but... dad because 
from he had to yeah 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 and that's sure. why you no yeah like there was times where he would like i remember like little things like that just before like obviously we we draw to a close just to kind of elaborate in the sense where i don't want people to think like obviously it was all helen you know doom and gloom um it's just little things that i used to get him upset about even though i didn't necessarily mean it like there would be days like i started i remember starting my new job and i used to do most of the cooking and cleaning at home in the sense where um um kadma the my sister that was just older than me had moved out so kind of the i wouldn't say burden but like it, there was a lot of um work to housework and all of that was left on my shoulders and my sister in law's shoulders so it was like um in those sense we at that time in particular i started my job my new job and so did my sister in law so both of us would come home at like 5 6 o'clock and dad had his set dinner time at 7 cuz he was a diabetic so he had his set times for his insulin and i remember the first day i came home and i found him cooking <laughs> dinner and it it wowed me so much like i got so angry for what reason i don't know cuz i just didn't believe that he should have been cooking because he was quite at that time he wasn't like fully recovered from his mm. previous illnesses and he was still like i don't know he's like old and you shouldn't i don't know he he obviously knew that i wasn't expecting him to cook but i felt like he felt yeah. pressured to cook and um i remember shouting at him and i was like do not ever cook you're not supposed to be cooking and i don't know why i did that but he got really upset because he was trying mm. to do something nice and then to that from that day onwards like he would literally leave my stuff prepared he would, and then when i come home i'd find everything in like really nicely because yeah, he was yeah. previously a yeah, chef in it yeah. so he knows how to do all of this stuff and he'd like cut my chicken or meat or whatever we were to have for dinner he would have that ready by the time i come home so all i'm doing is literally throwing things in a pan but like things like that like i think yeah when you say like maybe unnecessarily keeping him on his toes and getting him upset for for harmless things that mm. i didn't really think would affect him it's those things that um and i definitely let him know that i miss all of his hoarding i i I, <laughs> i i just quickly i would say well done like and i when i say well done i think my yeah. word is what is achieved and do you know what like it's not ob- like obviously it's evidently clear what he's achieved i he married all you know you guys off me shayad not so kibria um but just general helping people in life my brother in laws you know mm. um some of them like yeah i don't think yeah. there's anyone so who that, hasn't but helped. one thing that um how can i put it so mum was very um very faithful like in the, in the in sense of her religion and deen and what not and mm. one mm-hmm. felt like comfortable knowing that she's gone and you know she'll be in a great place and i'm not saying with dad it was the it, it's not the case at that i think a lot of so, people yeah, had so let me just yeah um so at that time i think people well me like I'll forget talking about people me personally i thought i questioned like there's a like a vast difference between his iman versus mom's iman as such but i didn't take in account mm-hmm. that what his role was in terms of he was the only one bringing in the money in the house and stuff like that and you know it's not a family of four it's a family of like 12 mm-hmm. as such and 
it's not as if he had a great job as such. It was like a you know hard labor job and everything like that. Coming to my point, um, the reason why I say well done is, you know, after he passed away, like going through his things, I saw like records of his fasting. Like he would fast, like he would keep a record of his fast, such as his um, like you know hishab in terms of that. Um, like five, I worked it out. It was like every year he used to fast since twenty. Well, the records go back um, four years. No, twenty sixteen. So yeah, four years. Um, he would fast nearly five and a half months of that year. Believe it or not, so because Monday and Thursday, and obviously Ramadan is thirty days as such. But he would do that and. Um, also, like reading as you know, like Quran, like for like Namaz, he, he was a totally different from where he was to oh, yes, where yes. he ended up. And I think after losing mom, I think that yeah. probably was his uh, stepping stone to find faith in in. And in that's general. why I wanted to say well done. Not that I need to say it, but I think it's more for myself. Like, like that's. Yeah, he of course. I feel like he was really yeah. underestimated in this by others, and also for by his own children at times. <clears throat> I think we all probably questioned some things he did in life, but and only until they've gone, you realize what exactly course, and who exactly they did it for. And it, it, it's you. It's but it's, I can it's us. just on a final note. I can like I strongly recommend you. I think I mentioned it to you, and perhaps those that listen in like. Um, go on YouTube obviously there's videos out there that explain like life after death and whatnot like the journey as such I think I think yeah definitely for that in terms of like that's the thing because you know with podcasts in general I guess you'll only know your audience as you're doing it but obviously at this present time I genuinely don't know who's listening of what background or whether they have faith whether they're not but yeah, I definitely agree. Those that do yeah. have some sort of faith or whether it's Islam, Christianity, whatever religion, there is certain things out there that of course. can engage you and help you through this grief. Whether you even practice a religion, like I think naturally when you watch something in relation to what you're going through, mm. because you can relate, it sometimes mm. gives you some comfort. And maybe that's something, yeah, definitely that I I definitely do in my free time. Sometimes when I do feel really really low, and it helps me. So I don't know. It it it'd be interesting to see whether yeah, it helps sure. other people. Okay, so um, we are got come, come to an end of our podcast. Um, thank you to my guest Kalida. Um, <laughs> This is the first and last time <laughs> we're going to have Rambling Rico on. <laughs> and I just wanted to highlight to everyone, I am still learning and I'm trying to get some sound cancelling equipment because I know that a few of you have mentioned about background noise and this fire alarm. It beeps. Uh, I'm sure you can still hear it, those that have mentioned it before. I don't carry it around in my pocket, unfortunately. Um, I the fire brigade, oh and I don't know why, but when I told you, I you said you laughed hysterically. But it is the fire brigade came and checked it. They do like an annual check. I don't know why, whether it's the local council that provide that, but they checked it and they saw that we had put the new battery in, and they said the sound <laughs> should go. 
<laughs> so I you know, definitely follow yeah. that up. But yeah, you I follow that up. In um, the, you let us know on a new <laughs> podcast. You can rename it. <laughs> I'm gonna sit in the bathroom the next time. I need to find new areas. You know, egg cartons. Do they do they cancel out sound? Because I see them on um, music studios. I think um, the. I think Are I think that sound is um, a good distraction to your voice. <laughs> I'm not editing. Oh any no, no, of no. This, by the way, it's like so it's like everyone we, we that's listening. We withheld our jokes to the end and was like, "Oh, let's get this over with." I know, and yeah. hopefully people hold on to the end. I swear to God, <laughs> I was having panic attacks before this started. Like my mouth went dry. But once you go in it, I guess, like... I think, yeah, and that I think the one thing I really want to for it to, for, to stick with these podcasts is that people obviously take a little bit of, whether it's advice or whether it's something to heal by or whether it just gives a bit of comfort, but I also want just a little bit of um, light-hearted banter mm-hmm. just to take with you because sometimes that's all you need to do is just have a little laugh and... It's not the greatest remedy, but yeah, it does help sure. you feel a little bit better about yourself or about the situation. But yeah, yeah. on that note, um, obviously, once again, thank you to everyone uh, tuning in and who has been tu- who have job. been tuning in. We apologize for job. any grammatical errors, any offensive. Um, Excuse me, sister. Comments sister. or references sister. that you sister. might have heard, uh, mainly from my, the host of sister, today. Can I please interject? Um, <laughs> I am the host. I'm meant to say these. <laughs> No, I'm drawing it back towards me before the hour hits because Sister, you ramble please. too much. Um, um, you know, too much talking, you should, like, take a back step. Sorry. Okay, so from me and Milkshake, <laughs> <That> <laughs> we, we would like to No, see no, you. no, I have to do it on the... <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, guys. Um, I hope um, okay. you not enjoyed it, but found it useful, um, this talk. Uh, as jokes yeah. as it is at the end um, like Kalita said sometimes a bit of humour helps digest the harder stuff um, not that it's digestible but it helps um, but on that note i like to leave it with the final words Ricario! Yeah. Ricario! <laughs> <laughs> we hope you tune in for the next podcast and hope you enjoy this one have a good evening or Kalida, rest gonna of the get day once again Oh, damn. No. <laughs> if anything, I should get paid for listening to it.